Welcome to the Lone Star Showdown. I'm your co-host Chance, and with me as always, Kyle. <laughs> I think I'm super excited. I'm actually sitting here watching Florida and Utah play. So, it's football season, Kyle. Birthday weekend, perfect weekend to lose to food. <laughs> I think that's my favorite, like, Josh Pate quote ever. He's like, no matter what, never lose to food. <laughs> He's always talking about rice. Um, so, week one's here. I th honestly think this is the best week of college football because it's just been such a long wait. The anticipation's been building. Everybody's been drinking the Kool-Aid. And I truly think there's no better week for in college football than week one. I kind of don't take a lot of stock in week one wins or week one losses, though, because you just really don't know if – I mean, it's just – it's just – right. In the beginning of the season, like, it's really hard to tell if, you know, these teams are really who they're going to be by the end of the year. Especially – I feel like you really need to give it, like, at least three to four weeks before you really start putting stock into the team that you're – you're looking at like I have even even if A&M goes off for like 50 touchdowns this week or you know they put up 50 points against New Mexico I don't think I'm gonna put a lot of stock in A&M until at least next week when they play uh Miami I mean, look at last year. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the Florida-Utah game that's going on right now. Florida and Utah played last year, and Anthony Richardson comes out, looks like the second coming of Cam Newton. And that Florida team goes on to go 6-7, and seven, and that Utah team ended up going and winning the Pac-12 championship. And, you know, upset – I mean, honestly, knocked USC out of the playoff uh, race at the very end in that Pac-12 championship. With Cam Rising, former Texas Longhorn quarterback. <laughs> you got you got Hudson Card playing for Purdue this year. You got Cam Rising at Utah. Um, who am I missing? I feel like there's another one out there at least. I know Shane Bouchelle is in the NFL now, so he doesn't count. Um, I feel like there was another one I'm missing. Oh, uh, where's K uh, Casey Thompson? He's with uh, Tom Herman at FAU, isn't he? 
Ah, so there's there's three former Texas quarterbacks just hanging out somewhere in college football. But speaking of Texas quarterbacks, we're going to talk about a topic that we posted a poll on um, last week at, at the end of the last episode. Um, all right, Kyle. I know we're going to have a huge disagreement, and I don't agree with the poll. I feel like the poll was rigged. Um, stop the count. Um, who is the better quarterback? And you can take that into any, I guess, any vision or topic that you really want to. No. Or I mean, you could. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, state your definition on why you think they're the better quarterback and then explain. Okay, I I define who's the best quarterback. Like who, I define it this way: if I had a team that was just, you know, random football team from NCAA fourteen, just random team, and I have everybody's, you know, in a it's in a, it's in a vacuum. Everything's equal across all parts, you know. Wide receivers are the exact same. Running backs are the exact same. Defense is the exact same. I would rather have Johnny Manziel on my team than Vince Young. I think Johnny was the more electric player. I think Johnny did more on his own. He was able to – I mean, the the guy was literally just – he was a marvel. Like, you, you watch him getting – he's almost getting sacked in the backfield. He spins off one guy. He breaks another tackle, and then the guy goes running for 50 yards to score a touchdown. Or he – spins off a guy in the backfield and then throws a 50-yard bomb. Or he just sits in the pocket and just throws a 50-yard bomb on you. Like he, The guy was just so versatile. He could literally do it do it all. And he, and, I mean, he was Johnny football. Like, I mean, we can – I mean, the stats say it all, but I, it, it's just unexplainable. Like, my whole thing is as if – Vince Young was great. I'll give Vince Young his 100% credit where it's due. He was a great quarterback. Obviously, you know, came up in second in the Heisman Trophy race in a very tight race with one of the best running backs that I've ever seen play college football. Um, but I think a lot of people give him credit for that national championship, which he did like. But in, in that game, he put the team on his back 100%. Like, no doubt in my mind that – you know, when it came down to nut cutting time, Vince Young carried that team to the to win the national championship. I don't think he carried them to the national championship. That Texas defense was only allowing sixteen point four points a game. That that Texas defense was beastly. 
Like there, there was talent all up and down that board. And th- and then you go look at the offense. You have Jamal Charles in the backfield. You have Quan Cosby playing wide receiver, which I I think Quan Cosby you know was a great wide receiver in college. Um, then you had uh, Lima Swede and David Thomas, and there was it, Jamal Charles in the backfield, which I've already mentioned. And then let's not forget uh, Henry Melton, I believe, was on that team too. Um, ended up playing defensive tackle in the NFL um, for the Bears for quite a few years. But, um, I mean, that Texas team in 05 was loaded um with talent now i'm not saying johnny's team wasn't loaded with talent he he had mike evans um i think ryan swope was a very un unsung hero of that team i thought i thought he could have been the next cole beasley had he not had so many concussions um and then you had an offensive line full of talent but i just really don't think that there was a there's such a talent disparity between the team that johnny had in the two years he was in college and the teams that Vince had in his three years in college. Johnny Manziel beat the greatest dynasty in college football. No, I, I mean, obviously, because, you know, he can't just win every game on his own. I mean, I mean, besides from aside from the Heisman, if you look at the trophy case, it's like individual trophy case. Obviously, not like not talking about team trophy case. Their their individual trophy case is almost the exact same. They both okay, but that most important trophy takes a team. That's a team. That's a team effort, not just like a single player award. Um, like, like your famous tweet that, uh, you always tweet out to your boy Blinken. Um, it, it seems kind of stupid to award wins and losses to a single player when there's 21 other people on the field.
six, I believe. Well, see, I feel like that's you can't do that in any game. I mean, that's always been my approach. I don't like quarterback records. Like, even there, there are there are a few examples, and I and I've said this numerous times across Twitter and or X or whatever the hell you want to call it, and I've maybe even said it on here before. I can only give one championship run to one player in my lifetime that I've ever seen. Like this one guy put the team on his back, and literally carried them from week zero to championship week and won it. There's only one in my lifetime that I can ever say did that. I mean, do you know who that is? It's Cam Newton. Cam Newton. There's literally not a player on his entire – on the entire roster that – that um that that Auburn team had that had more receiving, passing, or rushing touchdowns in the NFL than Cam Newton, and I just said receiving as well. Like Cam Newton, Cam Newton literally carry. If you go back and and look at the statistics and go look at and see who the players who played with Cam Newton, the only one that I think is worth mentioning is Nick Fairley, and he was, and he was a, the 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 rest were just average guys like this this one guy i mean that's why auburn went from winning the national championship that year to being like i think they were three and three and nine the next season or some something like that yeah like they completely like just dropped off like it was just cam didn't literally carried you to a championship and then you just had nothing left in the in the tank um yeah, that's the only person I can really. I mean, John, as as good as Johnny was, like Johnny didn't do it on his own. I've I've removed Mike Evans from his statistics, and I mean Johnny does lose a good twenty five percent of his passing total. Pa- I mean total yardage, um, just just moving Mike Evans off that, and then you got to look at that offensive line that he had. Like no, not many quarterbacks can say you know they did it alone. Like Joe Burrow, shoot, get get. Give Johnny Manziel or Vince Young, Jamar Chase, um, Justin Jefferson, yeah, uh, two top the the two top wide receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, most people are picking them in their fantasy leagues as number one and two, and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who I mean, he's kind of fallen off a little bit in uh, Kansas City, but he was still he's still an NFL running back, and that team was just. Stacked with talent. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've. I mean, I don't think we're. Nobody. Nobody's going to convince the other that. Yes, you will. <laughs> you will. 
yeah, well, you're not changing any minds here, but I just thought it'd be fun to just to talk about like why we think this way. But let's get to the fun part. Let's stop talking about the past because we are in week one. This is college football season. Um, it, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm ready to see what, what's going to happen from here on out. Um, so let's, let's go to Texas first. Let's, let's uh, take, take a trip to Austin. Um, let's see what the Texas Longhorns got cooking up. So you got Rice coming up in week one. I'm gonna say that's a. I mean, and, and and if we've seen anything lately, conference play is not going to be friendly for the Texas Longhorns this season, according to to the conference commissioner. Uh, how how do you feel about that? Sportsmanship, I think is what he said. A sportsmanship. Now, see, I I remember back in 2011, AM getting a similar treatment. <laughs> so don't be too surprised about this. The the, there, there is no uh, going away party coming for you. <laughs> oh, they called. Um, they called. I want to say it was like targeting, or unnecessary roughness, or something. Literally, it was a corner that was running by the receiver after he, you know, the, it was an overthrow pass, but he was literally running by him, and he. He just kind of hit him in the helmet a little bit. I, I honestly think it was a bullshit call to this day, but yeah, it really was. But then you put it in the hands of the greatest kicker in probably the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That win. Yeah, I I mean obviously the guy should have just hit him. I mean there's just there's a billion ways to avoid it. It's just you know, don't don't give the people any reason to give you a bad call. <laughs> Especially when you have the target on your back. So let's go through the schedule. I have actually not gone through. So I went through, um, if you saw it on X or Twitter or whatever, I went through the whole SEC schedule and picked all the games and stuff, but I have not done it for the Big 12. So um, I'm not going to take momentum into consideration or who may be winning other games, but I'm just going to go through the Texas schedule. So Texas versus Rice. I'm going to call that a win for the Texas Longhorns. This is the one I struggled with with the SEC schedule too, because I was like, I, 
Bama can either be because we've seen Bama do this. We've seen the Bama that has mediocre quarterbacks like Jake Co- Jake Coker and Greg McElroy and Blake Sims end up just being great teams. But then we've seen Bama with Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts, and they just don't seem to really ever get it, you know, get it done. So is Bama going to be dominant because they have a mediocre quarterback? Or is Bama going to be – is this the year that Bama falls off is what I'm asking. Is is this it? I mean, I think everybody's asking that same question, but I'm I'm I really have a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Well, he was until until Jimbo. Yeah, Jimbo started it off, and then Kirby finished it at the end of the year in the national title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually predict that this is an Alabama win. Alabama's at home. That that's my only reasoning is Alabama's Alabama's at home. That's my only reasoning. I actually have I actually have them beating A and M on the road too. So yeah, I do. Um, so I'll I'll say it's a loss. Are you are you saying it's a win? Okay, so Kyle is at Texas at two and zero. I have them at one and one. We'll go to Wyoming. I got Texas in that one. I assume you have the same. Texas versus Baylor. Is Baylor going to be as good as they were last year, or are they going to return to the Baylor that they were? Yeah. I do love that stadium, though. Okay, so Texas wins that one. I'm going to have Texas at home against Kansas. I just don't see it. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about Oklahoma. I just think Oklahoma just, they look like dog crap last year. Um, not that my team looked much better, but I just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Oklahoma topples.
Okay, so I'll I'll also take Texas over over Oklahoma. I'm just not convinced that Dylan Gabriel's really that great, and I just I I, I just don't have faith. So then you go into bye week, beat you beat bye week obviously. Um, you go into Houston on the road. I think Houston is dog crap. <laughs> so <laughs> Texas over Texas over. Over Houston, uh, BYU doesn't really intimidate me either, so I'm going to go with Texas over BYU. This is where it gets interesting for me. You get the two purple people eaters, one right after the other. And I actually have you losing to TCU on the road. I I I picked TCU just because it's a road game. I think Texas gets by Kansas State. I actually have Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship playing Texas. Um, I think that that's just one game that they lose. I think uh, I think TCU does beat you at home though. Um, I don't think TCU is going to be as great as they were last year, but I don't think that they're going to be a team that you can just walk past. Um, so I got Texas at eight and two. Kyle has Texas at nine and one. We go to Iowa State, who is going to be dog crap. They, I think, I think this is the year that Matt Campbell gets fired. Mm-hmm. He was in talks to get like big jobs, I mean, huge jobs. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's been in that mix like a couple of times throughout his tenure at Iowa State. Like he's always been in the mentions. They're like, oh, he's doing so well at Iowa State. Maybe you can coach, I don't know, LSU or something. Um, and he just always never takes the job for some reason. It's like, well, dude, you've waited so long now and your team is just not great. And you've let it pass you by. Um, so here we go to the season finale on a Friday night you get Texas Tech at home. And, yeah, and they are – and Texas Tech fans, like, I, I, I live in Austin. They will show up for that game. They will – they did. They bought out the drum. I I thought it was hilarious. Or what, did they buy out Moody Center? Was it Moody Center or the drum? Yeah, either way, the, the tech fans down here, they they love their football, and there are a ton of tech fans in this Austin area. Um, they will sh- they will be showing up, but I do have Texas winning. Um, Joe McGuire is a great coach. I think they'll have a great season. I, I hope Texas Tech does whatever they can to keep them in town because I think, yeah, All right. So I have Texas at 10 and 2. You go to the conference championship at 8 and 1 and you play Kansas State. Outside of that, I don't know what happens. Um, if you beat Kansas State, you're going to a big you're probably going to a New Year's 6 bowl and if you don't, you probably still go to a New Year's 6 bowl in my opinion. 
Um, but Kyle has Texas at 11 and one, which means they're going to the big 12 championship. Probably, probably in a playoff, uh, scenario. So if Texas wins the big 12 championship, we're looking at a playoff. So, so you think this is the year, Kyle? You think, you think. Okay, so here's what I'm going to predict, right? So let's see who has the bowl matchups in this year. I think, okay, so if Texas goes to the Big 12 championship and they lose against Kansas State, I'm going to put Texas in the Alamo Bowl versus USC. I think it would be a great... You get to play Caleb Williams again. <laughs> oh shit! Um, I think that if you do get to go to a New Year's Six and it's not a playoff, I think that your matchup is the um, the is it still the it's the Fiesta Bowl, but is it still PlayStation? I don't know who the title sponsor is anymore. Oh, is it Verbo? Is it is Verbo? The- Okay, Verbo, the the Arizona Bowl, or the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I don't know who I'd have you in the Fiesta Bowl against. Maybe uh, Washington? I think I think in the in the Pac-12, yeah, I think in the Pac-12, I would pick Washington to possibly win that, uh, that championship. Um, but I don't think that they're going to go unscathed. So I think that they probably end up in a New Year's Six. I honestly have uh, the college football playoff with two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams like a lot of people do. And an outside shot of uh, Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be the team that comes out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they play LSU. Uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll watch them play LSU on Sunday, I believe. Or maybe Saturday night. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I think 
You're just waiting for the hurricanes. Right. I don't think that it is, though. I just think that I don't. I just don't believe in the. I don't. I don't believe that it's Florida State's year. I just really don't. I think Florida State kind of maxed out at what they were last year, and Clemson had a off year. But an off year for Clemson was still like a what was it a ten eleven win season with a with a freshman quarterback. I mean, come on. I, I think they will. That's my that's my two cents. I do have Florida State. I have Florida State beating LSU, um, but I just think that I just think that along the road that they're going to lose. You know, they'll lose one random game to somebody, and then they'll lose to Clemson. And I think Clemson's going to just run through this schedule because they really don't play anybody that I'm really concerned about. Um, they start out with Duke next week, which I, I, Mike Elko's team is going to be really good. I think that that'll be – I mean, I just can't wait to see what Mike Elko does on defense. Um, I'm not convinced that Duke's offense can beat uh, Clemson's defense, though. Um, he, he goes to play Charles uh, Charleston Southern. Uh, then he gets to play Tom Herman. Um, and then – they, you get in week four, you get Florida State. You're starting off straight out the gate. Oh, they do have Notre Dame on the schedule, and I think Notre Dame will be much improved this year. Um, Navy looks like dog crap, but I mean, Sam Hartman did look good. No, I, I think Sam Hartman is. I I was telling my buddy last year, I was like, if if Sam Hartman decides to go to the NFL, I, mean, I could see any NFL team reaching to grab him because he is that good. All right, so let's go to AM real quick. Uh, so I went through the schedule and did the entire SEC, and I struggled because I just wasn't sure. I'm not sure who Bama is. I'm not sure who any of these teams really truly are because – it's just hard to think, you know, there's been so much change in the conference to figure out, you know, Hugh Freeze at Auburn is, are they going to be very good? Is this kid who transferred in from Michigan state going to be a decent quarterback? I mean, he wasn't that great at Michigan state. Um, and they have a depth chart issue. Um, is Spencer Rattler going to get it together at South Carolina? I don't freaking know. Um, I think that they kind of peaked last year. I don't think, that he's really that good. I think they got lucky and beat a beat up Tennessee team. Um, then Georgia's gonna. I I just have faith that Georgia's just gonna be dominant. Uh, you're. Oh, it's oh, it's garbage. No, yeah, I I think I had them at twelve and zero, and I'm pretty sure they were twelve and zero on my schedule. Um. Yeah, I just 
Yeah, A&M was the hardest one for me, and so was Bama, because I just don't really know what Bama is, and A&M was harder, too. Um, but we'll go through A&M's schedule real quick. So I have A&M winning this week against New Mexico. Um, then they go on the road to Miami. I think that Miami's also going through an offensive coordinator change. A&M's also going through an offensive coordinator change. I think A&M has the better roster. I don't think Miami's a very threatening road game. They were also five and seven. <laughs> yeah, so I have AM winning that one. Then we go UL Monroe at home. I have AM winning that one. Uh, Auburn at home. Like I said, I don't know who Auburn is, but I really just don't have a lot of faith in a guy who is a first year head coach, has depth issues. Um, that they don't even know if their running back's going to be available most of the season because he's in legal trouble, I think. Um, Peyton Thorne at quarterback just doesn't really threaten me. I think AM walks Auburn at home. So I have him at 4 0. Um, are you still with me on that one? Okay. AM versus Arkansas. I know that this is always like a crazy game. Um, I, I had to dive really I had to re, I had to dive really deep into this one to make it make a decision because I think KJ Jefferson's a really good quarterback. I think Rocket Sanders is a really good running back, but they have nobody else outside of that. Um, they're returning, I believe, uh, four starters on offense. I think they're they're in the bottom third of the SEC in returning talent. I, I think I want to say it's like seven returning starters total. Um, and that's what really made my decision for me. I was like, yeah, you have a really good quarterback, but who's he throwing to? I know Isaiah Satinia is out there. He was an AM recruit, but his dad is a track coach. Um, and he's really fast, but I mean, outside of him, I really don't find anybody that's threatening. Um, they got a bunch of transfers in from FCS programs, G5 programs, and I talked to Arkansas fans about it and they're, they're really hyped on them. And yeah, I mean, you can get hyped about a G5 wide receiver, but at the end of the day, you know, is it going to translate? Um, I have more faith in A&M's wide receiving core, their uh, defensive side. They have not a lot of returning talent. I, I think A&M beats Arkansas and Jerry World. So are we still 5-0? and Okay, so now here we're... Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we get to the week six, undefeated A&M versus probably an undefeated Alabama, in my opinion. If they have one loss to Texas, that, I mean, that'll tell me more. If if Alabama loses to Texas, I, I got to see, I got to see how much. And see, that's my that's my opinion on the thing. If Texas beat go, if Texas goes in, and I see a lot of similarities between the Texas roster and the A and M roster. There's slight differences, you know, but I think I think they're very similar when you look at you know the receiving cores are very excellent. The quarterbacks are your, were the top, you know, they were the top in their class, and they were in the same class until Ewers left early. Um, the defenses 
you know, A&M had the number one pass defense, but had a terrible rush defense. I think that was flipped for Texas last year. Texas allowed a lot of yards in the passing game, but stopped, stuffed people in the run, if I'm recalling correctly. But I think that they'll both come closer to the middle um, in this next year. Um, I mean, I just feel like there's a lot. And, and we're both starting out with new running backs. You know, A-Chain and Bijan are both in the NFL, and but we they both have stables of running backs. You know, Ruben Owens is back there for A&M, but you got Jade, uh, is it Blue in the backfield for Texas and Brooks, I believe. Yeah, and we got Owens and Moss back there. Both were four- and five-star recruits. I mean, it, the similarities are just – I mean, it's almost crazy how, how similar it is. I do too. But I had this feeling that Bama is just going to return to dominance, and so during my prediction, I had Bama beating A&M. No, I just – it's it's the fact that like every time Saban has a mediocre quarterback, for some reason he has like this just ridiculously good team. <laughs> like everybody's too focused on the quarterback, and they're not like putting the puzzle pieces together. It's like, well, you know, he's got a a Jake Coker back there. He's not that great. Well, did you see the two hundred and fifty pound monster sitting behind him named Derek Henry, who's running over little children in the parking lot? Um, so I, I just – I don't know what else – I mean, he, he has the number one most talented roster in college football by a mile. And so you just you just know that there's monsters in, those closet, in, in that closet, and I'm just – and I'm just like, you know, I'm hiding under my bed because I'm just like yeah. – I have, I have A&M losing. If, if Texas does beat – Alabama on the road, I would flip this to an A&M win just because A&M's at home. Now, here's one where I'm going to get people um, who are probably shaking their head, you know, probably on the opposite side of the fence of me. Of me. I have A&M going into Knoxville and beating Tennessee. No. Mm-hmm. See, I have it as a win because I look at the team last year and I look at how many people they lost. You lose Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was on a Heisman race before he got hurt. Like That guy was up for the Heisman Trophy consideration. Then you lose Jalen Hyatt, who you know scored those four touchdowns against Alabama. Um, he's at the New York Giants now. Then you lose Tillman, who is his number two wide receiver. And then you lose Wright, who was, a, I believe, a top 20 pick in the NFL draft at um, left tackle. Um, then you lose their number one defensive player. And I think you lost another offensive lineman. There, There's a lot of attrition going on in that Tennessee roster. And you add that to the fact that you have Joe Milton playing quarterback. He looked great at the end of the year last year. But we've all watched Joe Milton play football for five years now. And aside from the end of last year, how great has he been? And he had—he no longer has those weapons that he had last year. Jalen Hyatt's gone. Tillman's gone. The offensive tackle's gone. Like, he lost a lot. Um, I have AM winning that. Kyle defers uh, 
So where are we at now, Kyle, going into the bye week? I have A&M at 6-1. and one. Okay. So we come out of the bye week. We're playing South Carolina. Uh, A&M has literally lost one game against South Carolina, and it took a 5-7 and seven team, and we almost won. I think that's a win. Um, this is the, the tricky one for me is this next one because Lane Kiffin, for some reason, has our number. Oh, he does. He hates us. I don't know why. I it, it, I think it's a – I don't know. Is it a money thing? Like is he mad that we just I – don't, I, don't, I he really can't explain. I actually kind of think he's funny, but I'm always just like, dude, why are you always just talking shit? Um, I had A&M winning this one. I don't think this, this Ole Miss team is as good as it was last year. Um, and if, and if you look at last year's Ole Miss team, um, they started out the season like really hot. They went like, I want to say, uh, they started out six and, or seven and one. And they beat, you know, a one, you know, a five win A&M team. And a bunch of nobodies, you know, throughout their schedule. And then they get to that that end of the, you know, they get to the end of the season and they just get blitzed. Um, so, like I was saying, they start out, you know, they start out, they, they win Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa. Stop me when you hear a good team name. Um, they beat Kentucky. Give them that. 22 to 19, they they went and beat Kentucky. I think that was a Will Levis-less Kentucky, though. I don't think Will Levis played in that game. Uh, let me see. Offense. No, he played. Okay, so Will Levis played in that game. They beat a good Kentucky team. Credit to them. Then they beat Vanderbilt. Then they beat Auburn, who went 5-7. and seven. Then you lose to LSU, 40, 45 to 20. And then you beat a... Five and seven A and M team, so you're eight and one, or no, you're seven and one at this point. Then you lose to Alabama, then you lose to Arkansas, then you lose to Mississippi State, then you lose to Texas Tech. They they lost four straight games there at the end, and they beat one team really in that early eight game stretch that was decent. I just don't I, I just don't think that this is gonna be a great Lane Kiffin team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, six and three. So AM brings it home against Mississippi State. I think this Mississippi State team is going to be really good. I actually have them going nine and three. Um, they're senior laden. Go look at the Mississippi State roster and find me somebody who's under the age who's under the age of twenty two. Like they're literally all seniors and COVID seniors too. Like it, it's it's crazy. I just think that A and M at home. I, I'm just going to take A and M at home. Uh. Abilene Christian, that's a win. And then you get to the final game. Um, LSU, 
I actually have this as a lost LSU on the road. LSU is a tough team to beat on the road. Yeah, I just it's Death Valley. I've been there. It's not it's not a good home. It's not a good road environment. <laughs> yeah. So I have a and at ten to two, four and two in the division, um, six and one at home. I I think this is going to be a good AM team. I'll, I mean, I, I'll I could definitely just look at this and come back in week four and do a complete readjustment. And I said it in my prediction. You know, I think this AM team's ten and two, but I could be off by plus or minus two either way. Mm-hmm. And my big thing is, you know, I don't know what Bobby Petrino is going to look like. I mean, we've seen, I've seen Bobby Petrino at at Arkansas, and I've seen him at, I seen, I saw him at Arkansas, and Ryan Mount threw for a bajillion yards, and they went to a Sugar Bowl, and they won a Cotton Bowl, and he had Arkansas at like the best that they've. He's probably the second best coach, and. I've done the research before, but I don't have the have it in front of me. I'm almost positive Bobby Petrino is the second best coach in Arkansas football history. Don't quote me on that, but I'm almost a hundred percent positive on that. Like when you look at his record and you look at like where he he took them in terms of rankings, like Bobby Petrino had that program rolling before he got in trouble for some stupid shit. Um, then you had him at look. You know, Louisville with Lamar Jackson, that was a, you know, crazy time. Um, but, I mean, it's just, I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah. Right. So I want to do a quick segment. You know, we're about to finish that. Oh, so you have AM at eight and four. Okay, eight and four AM. If I I mean, okay, so here's my opinion on the whole whole thing, and we'll and this'll run into our next topic. Eight and four A and M Jimbo walks. I, I I think that there I think that yes, as in he's fired. I I think that the cutoff line is nine wins. That's true. I just think that there's so much investment that goes into the A&M program. Um, and there's so much that if, if you, if you have a bad, I'll tell you who's the hot guy and Texas fans are going to freaking hate it. You go get UTSA's head coach, Jeff trailer. The dude's a high the dude's a Texas high school football legend. And He's put UTSA on the map. 
something similar to what Sark just got, probably, like when Sark got hired. Yeah, probably like a five, six million dollar contract. I mean, if you win. I, oh, no, no. Jimbo got. OK, so let's 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 talk about that. So Jimbo, Jimbo got his initial contract because he's he's because in 2018, he was Jimbo fucking Fisher. He was an he was one of four active national championship head coaches. He had one bad season at FSU, and every other season outside of that was almost a ten win season. I think he was averaging, I think he was averaging ten wins a season at least. Um, I mean, played in the playoff, took his team to the playoff, took his team to a national championship, won multiple ACC titles. Like he was Jimbo fucking Fisher, um, and that was the only way you were going to get him from Florida State was to give him a $7.5 million contract with that buyout. And then you go and you win. You you put up the second best season in A&M, probably in Texas A&M football history. Like, let's just probably call it for what it is. The number four AP ranking at the end of the year. I don't think A&M's done anything close to that in, since the R.C. Slocum era. Um hasn't done anything above that since the national championship in 1939. Um, pay that man his money. You know, like give at that point, he was already like kind of falling behind because Dabo Sweeney had gotten his money. Um, I believe Kirby Smart had gotten his money. Lincoln Riley was getting his money. Um, Nick Saban, you know, they, it seems like every year Alabama just gives Nick Saban more money. Um, so Jimbo, you know, in their eyes earned his money. Um, and it was also a, it, it was also I I 100% believe this was a precautionary measure to keep him from going to LSU. And even in and even then LSU offered him 10.5 million dollars the next year to go coach, and he turned it down, and they got Brian Kelly instead. But I mean, good for them. Uh, I guess they made the right choice. I guess I don't not really sure how that would have ended up. I, I think Jimbo's a hell of a fucking recruiter. Um, so I want to start this cool segment and I'll have like a cool little sound effect for it later, but I want to call this segment seat check. Like, you know, like when, when you call in shot, when you call in shotgun in a car, but we're going to call it seat check. And yeah, we're checking for the hotness of the seat. Um, so, and we'll do this every week because I believe, I believe that Sark's seat could get hot if he doesn't start winning. Uh you're going into the big old SEC. You can't be struggling. You can't. You you have one of the best teams that Texas has had in what probably a decade. Y'all fire Tom Herman for less. If Sark wins seven games, his seat's not hot. Uh, I think I think y'all be feeling some type of way if Sark pulls out a seven and five season. 
No, I'm not saying it is happening. I, I hey, you saw me. I had Texas going ten and two. I'm just saying, like, I think it's important to evaluate where your coach is at at that certain point in time, and it's it'll be cool to like evaluate as we go through the season. Um, but I think Sark's fine right now. Cool seat. He's got the yeah yeah well uh yeah yeah we can do it to zero to ten. Yeah, I got him at a zero. I don't think there's any reason to like really put him at a one yet. Uh, I mean, if you were gonna put him, if you were gonna put him on the scale, you could put him at a one and be like, you know, thirteen and twelve really isn't what. Okay, so okay. If Texas, if if Bama smokes Texas, if Bama smokes Texas like they did A and M in two thousand and fourteen, fifty nine, fifty nine to zero, you're only going to put them at a one. See, when I look at it, like a 44-17 to 17 law, or, you know, like a 20, if you score in the 20s and Bama's in the, like, you know, lower 40s, like, if Bama beats you by three, like, it's you know, it's just like, it's the greatest dynasty in college football. Sometimes they're going to do that to you. You know, like, it, I've seen it happen multiple times in our tenure in the SEC. It's just like, yeah, I guess this is why Nick Saban's Nick Saban, right? But if they steamroll you... 59 to zero. You're like, why did we give this head coach a raise? <laughs> All right. So we'll do our, my seat check. Jimbo Fisher coming on to year six, had to give up the playbook, which is what's rumored to have been happening, which have been, we've been told has happened. He's given up the playbook and play calling to Bobby Petrino um, coming off a of five and seven season in year five uh, has the, fourth most talented team in college football right now, according to 247. I think Jimbo's had a pretty, he's got a pretty hot seat. I was going to say five. And, and like I said earlier, I think if Jimbo only wins eight games, I think, I think that seats, I think that seats a 10. You're only going to upgrade it one degree for winning eight games. Okay. See, when I when I when I think of eight wins, this is what I start putting into the scenario. You win eight games. How many how many kids do you lose in the transfer portal that really matter? Not not. Not 2020, not this last offseason where you lost kids of insignificance, where, you know, you lost a couple, you know, you got rid of a couple bad eggs and then you lost a couple players who were like either depth or weren't ever going to play. How many kids do you lose of significance? Do you lose an Evan Stewart? Do you lose a Ruben Owens? Do you lose a DJ Hicks? Like, these guys aren't going to want to sit around for eight and four. I mean, that's what, that's my primary concern. Can you, can you rally the troops after an eight and four? Because if you can't, then I, I I really don't want you around. Um, also, I mean, A&M's in, I think A&M's in the top six right now in recruiting for this current recruiting cycle. That 
Yeah, that's out the window. So, like, what's the point? And losing players. Where's your investment at that point? See that—that's my whole thought on. It. If you win nine games and you're going into and you're going into a bowl season with a chance at ten, I can completely like I'm good with that. I, nine wins is like my floor. I'm like, you're good, Jimbo. Let's go to next year. Let's let's see what Bobby can do in year two. But yeah, eight wins just it, it doesn't cut it. it for me. Like I feel like you're just you're gonna you're you're teetering on losing so much. <laughs> you have swayed me. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, isn't it fun to fire people? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, I, I mean, we with we. Yeah, we're uh, we're back. Uh, oh, um, yeah, we forgot to make our cool announcement. Um, yeah, we got to tell. We've got a sponsor, and I. No, I've been waiting on this, dude. I have so much last stand hats. Like I actually have the party hat because I'm a big golfer. Uh, if you're an avid golfer and you're an Aggie and you're like, well, they don't have the Aggie stuff yet. I swear, go to their website. They got great polos um, for you to try on. Um, it's made of the same material that you see that it, uh, is made of like all the, you know, cool tech, you know, keep you nice and dry during the hot, hot summer heat that we're feeling here in Texas. Um, and I love my hat. It says, it literally says party. Like, uh, you know, it, it's it's just, they they just have great stuff. I've been a fan of theirs forever, and um, I've been asking him, "When are you gonna get a M stuff? When are you gonna get an A&M stuff?" So to hear that is ah. You can't hate it. You can't hate it. And I'm excited to have them as a sponsor. We're definitely going to put this at the front of the show next time because I want to talk about it again. And I'm going to put my party hat on for uh, – we'll clip it, and I'll show all the uh, golf people my party hat. Ah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, thank you to our new sponsor, Last Stand Hats. We're so grateful to have them. Um, and thanks and gig them. <laughs>